0: As the first generation born into the world of digital and social media, can't stand there, the habits of Gen Z pose many opportunities as well as challenges. Born between 1999 and 2015, now ages 8 to 24, that's all of you minus the leaders probably, Gen Z is more connected than any other generation before them using platforms such as Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat, TikTok, and Twitch regularly to post, share, and consume information. The need for speed. Gen Z has never known a world in which information is not instantly at their fingertips. This generation is on the go, and they expect their social communications, news, and entertainment to keep up. While older generations, probably some of your leaders and me, may be quick to dismiss these characteristics as impatient, consumeristic, or even insatiable, church leaders should take a closer look. What we find in Gen Z is a generation of people who are looking for information at all times. Students, I'm not picking on you by bringing this up. I'm simply stating the fact that you have been programmed to need constant input. And this will always be a challenge for you, that you have to learn to overcome. And I would say my generation is the same way, but we've been programmed not by technology, but by maybe our upbringing. No matter the age of the human, we struggle to rest for a variety of reasons. Many of our, your leaders in this room, I can give an example. My dad, he quit going to school in eighth grade and he worked. He worked, and he worked, and he's a successful person. He is great. He didn't do education. But when we went to the local restaurant, and I was 10, and the guy who owned it said, hey, I'm looking for dishwashers, he said, my daughter Amanda will do it. So I started dishwashing at 10. At 12, I'm waiting tables. And from that point on, I had this need to have a job at all times. Sometimes I was going to school or college full-time. I volunteered and did all the things. I was programmed to always be busy and work from a young age. And yes, part of that is just who I am. And part of it, I was programmed by my upbringing. Too often, we sacrifice the rest we need and find ourselves in trouble. Maybe we give up on that on rest because of we don't prioritize well. We want to make everyone happy, we lose focus on our own needs, we're scared of FOMO, or we don't realize how tired we are until it's too late. And then it creeps up and bam, we're exhausted or sick. Truthfully, when we find ourselves in this exhausted state, it's no good for us physically, emotionally, or spiritually. It's no good for the people around us, because we're real crabby. And it's no good for our relationships with God. We can't avoid stress, you guys. We're always going to have it. We have to learn to, to do life. Our, our culture tells us to keep going. Harder, focus. Do more. But Scripture tells us a totally different story, especially with Jesus. So I need you to open to Mark 6. I can't remember the page they told me. Page, it's Mark 6:30 30 through 34. And what, I'm going to set the stage for a minute. Jesus and his disciples are off doing their thing, and, I, and that's where we enter. The apostles, do you need help? Do you need a moment? 841. 841, thank you. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. Have you ever had those days where you just go from one thing to the next and you're like, did I even eat? That's exactly what happened. On this day, there was this endless amount of opportunity to serve, to teach, to help, to heal. But instead of Jesus forcing them to keep going, he chose to pause. Why? Why? If Jesus, being God, knew that his time on earth was limited, why would he cut things short? Wouldn't he want to get more done, more people to save? Why would he push pause? Maybe it's because Jesus knew that he and his followers would need energy for what was next. If you continue reading through Matthew's, or Mark 6, you'll see that they feed 5,000 people from one boy's lunch. We give a hundred of you a snack Imagine feeding the energy you would need to feed 5,000 people. And I do believe that Jesus knew the importance of rest because of what God, well, he was God, uh, how he created the world. If we look at creation, he created the things, and on the seventh day, he, he rested. He created the Sabbath that we are supposed to rest. Jesus knew humans are built to need rest. From the beginning, God placed a priority of rest for all his creation. Why do you think we sleep? Because Jesus made resting a priority, he and his disciples were able to do helpful things. Thank you. So, I looked up the, the word rest in here, in the Greek, and I'm not a Greek scholar, so I'm going to butcher it. Um, but it's the word is anapao, and it means... To cause or permit one to cease from any movement or labor. To recover and collect his strength. To give rest. To keep quiet or calm. And so this is where I need to take the idea of rest to a whole next level for you. Yes, rest is good. Jesus rested. Yes, he sought rest for his disciples but just stopping our bodies from physically moving may not rejuvenate our whole selves. So I went to Florida with my family, and we did adventure, and then we relaxed. And on the week that I was there, I read four books. I listened to one, even books about God. I um, binge-watched a bunch of TV. I did a puzzle. I thought that I was resting but I came back and I'm like why am I tired I laid in a lawn chair I had like a thousand steps a day like why am I not rested but what God told me is that I what I truly needed in my soul is solitude solitude is the practice of being alone and silence Ooh, we don't like this one is the practice of being in a quiet place and not speaking Many of us can't even go to the bathroom without bringing a device with to be entertained. And you all laugh because you know it's true. And I am not throwing stones. What makes solitude so important? Solitude is the one place where we can gain freedom from the forces of society that will otherwise relentlessly mold us. It is important to listen, to pay attention to what comes to you. It's like being on the phone with a friend who has something important to say. And you move out of the noisy room so that you can hear what your friend is saying. When our desire is to hear Jesus, there will be many competing voices. And one of the greatest challenges is to sort through these voices and learn to put them aside so that you can hear Jesus. That's from this article of Solitude and Silence by Michael Bishkoff. We can't hear when there's background noise. In solitude, we have to confront our own souls. And we, have to, we get to rest in the presence of Jesus and his voice. Also in solitude, there's three things, three R's that, we, that it provides us. It provides us a time to reflect, to ponder, to think deeply about our experiences, ourselves, God. Two is it gives us a time to recharge. Solitude and silence allows us to sit and accept the peace and the comfort of the Creator's voice. And the third R is reengage. Jesus needed rest. His disciples needed rest, and so then they could go on and do their things. Solitude gives us an opportunity to stick with things longer with a new perspective, because we aren't worn out. And sometimes silence and solitude may seem like an enemy from like juggling the things and preventing us to do the things we want. And so we skip it. We're going to go on to in verse 33 in um, Mark. Many of you saw them leaving, recognized them, and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And so he began teaching them many things. Mark, or John Mark, who wrote Mark, uses the words, they were like sheep without shepherd. This is like David. Before David was king, he took care of sheep. And you're like, big whoop. And carried a harp. How did that work out? Probably heavy. Mm -hmm. And it was probably difficult. And then David shoots the Big Goliath, and he falls over, and he becomes king and gets all this responsibility. And then he went on to make a whole lot of good choices and a whole lot of bad choices. And so I wonder if David would have spent more time on rest and solitude and reflecting and hearing from God. Would he have made the different choices? But this psalm in Psalm 23, I think he got a hint of what God was giving him. I'm going to read it to you. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Colton, all I can hear is your mom. (laughs) Yep. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Through reflection, David was able to see that God's the ultimate shepherd who guided him and provided for him when he was tired and grieving and hopeless. And like David, God welcomes us to rest and be in solitude. When you were a kid, did you have like a comfy blanket? I almost brought mine. It was a Sesame Street blanket, and I still have it. I don't use it, but I have it. Or maybe you have like these new things called warmies. She's got all of it. A warming, you like put it in the microwave and then you like put your feet in it and it's warm. I'm not quite sure. And it smells yummy. Okay. Or maybe you have a hoodie that you like, oh, you go in this hoodie and you're like, this is the best. And when I think of these objects, I have a weighted blanket and sometimes when I use that and when I think of them, I think of warmth, peace, comfort, safety, security, Yes, I know that we all need sleep, but I think what we really need is deeper than that. We need to recharge our soul's need for peace and comfort. And so what does it look like for us or you to let God lead us to rest? And what does it look like to seek solitude and silence in your life? The last three weeks, we've gone over three things to focus on. The first one, do you remember what it was? Scripture. Last week was? Anyone? Praying. And this week it's seeking rest, solitude, and silence. All of these things take intentionality. They don't just happen. They take focus. All of these things grow our relationship with God. And I have real bad news for each of you. I can't do it for you, your leader can't do it for you, your friends can't do it for you, no one can do it for me, you have to do it yourself. All of these practices allow our hearts, our minds, our souls to experience comfort, peace, and reassurance from God. And so my prayer and hope for each each of you is that you would take another step in your relationship with God so that you can experience peace and love from him and rest. And so we're going to end this time with 60 seconds of solitude. I will just tell you, it feels like an eternity. And then I will pray and you will go to small groups. One minute feels like a long time. Heavenly Father, as we go upon our days and our nights and our busy schedules, Lord, I pray that your voice would be the loudest voice that we would hear. That you would help us to carve out time to not just rest our physical bodies, but also our souls and rejuvenate them with you. To, to be in solitude and silence So that we can hear your voice and be rejuvenated and find the peace and the love that you offer us. Lord, help us to figure out how to do this for ourselves with you. That we are, it's not about being perfect and having it all figured out, but it's taking one step, one five minutes of solitude to hear, or one day to read three verses on the Bible app or praying to, with you in the car. Lord, help us to find ways in our days that you would be nudging each of us to grow closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.